0: From a great day to a great night, this is the Talking Machine Hour here on WPPMLP in Philadelphia, Stereo 106.5. I'm your host, David Atlas, and I've got my guest, Michael Buffalino joining me tonight with stacks of shellac 78 RPM records from Michael's personal collection gleaned from the various alleyways, trash bins, and thrift stores of Old City, Philadelphia, and, uh, that was Paul Whiteman who kicked us off on this program.
1: Yes, it was. That was Great Day, recorded in October of 1929.
0: Yep, and that was, uh, I believe, what, the theme from The Big Broadcast back in the day?
1: Yes, I, w- I was reading about this uh, show called The Big Broadcast, and apparently this is what
0: they would lead off with. Yeah, it's. Um, it wasn't what I expected when I heard that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that was Bing Crosby on the vocal. Yeah, and you know, Bing Crosby was inescapable. At that time in America, which is, uh, I don't know, was lost. Honestly, it was lost on me until I I listened to a program, a radio show, not a radio show, a podcast uh, about the history of tape, recorded magnetic tape. And Bing Crosby was literally instrumental in bringing magnetic tape to the masses here in the United States. And as part of that, they really like drove home the point that you could not turn on a radio and not hear a Bing Crosby song if you were scanning through the channels. Oh, he was extremely decades. popular. Yeah, yeah, he really, yeah, unthinkably popular. You know, I can't think of anyone today. I'm partially, I, I cannot think of any celebrities today who would have that sort of magnitude that's comparable to like a Bing Crosby.
1: Right, and and I think that's just the way that you know we we have so many mediums that we can listen to forms of entertainment, and then it was just the radio and the phonograph, yeah. and I mean, and Bing Crosby even appeared in films
0: in the early '30s as as well. And as much as I love this music and Bing Crosby, uh, I am that is why I am thankful that we live in the 21st century. I would have to agree. <laughs> you know, we have access to so much more today than just what's on the radio and on the records. Exactly. Um, and yet here we are playing the records on the radio. And here <laughs> we are. <laughs> it's different though. In in indeed. Indeed. Yeah, speaking of different things, let's uh let's get to some more music.
2: song. That field of corn would be deserted now. That field of corn would never see a plow. Dark he's born, but he's no good no how without a song. I got my trouble and woe, but sure as I know the Jordan will roll. I'll get along, as long as a song, strong in my soul. I'll never know what makes the rain to fall, I'll never know what makes the grass so tall, I only know there ain't no love at all without a song. Oh, as through a low, low, land
3: of roses you stray, I mean, I mean way down
2: south, down south of heaven, that's my heaven, oh, with the fireflies, the fireflies lighten up the pretty little skies, when the little evening, when the wonderful evening is born, and the whippoorwills, the little birds, the whippoorwills, they sing from the distant hills, Every morning, oh, it's a wonderful moment. When well, they say hello, and don't go, they mean hello. And you get that longing, that wonderful feeling to stay. And I mean, I mean, away down south in heaven, Why heaven.
0: unmistakable vocal refrains of Ted Lewis. Yes, that was Ted Lewis doing A Way Down South in Heaven. Now, I gotta ask you about that specific record, because mm-hmm. we also heard the flip side of that at the start of this set, which was Ruth Edding. Yes. Um,
1: and that was um, oh. <laughs>
0: Keep Sweeping Cobwebs.
1: Keep Sweeping the Cobwebs Off the Moon. Yes.
0: And I also, many moons ago, for a dime in a thrift store, found a pristine copy of this one and it got me thinking now that yours is also pristine too was this a popular record by chance
1: it it had to have been
0: yeah because there's so many other ruth edding records that i'm aware exist yes but i never have never found a copy of you know what i mean in the wild at all
1: and i and i have to say this is one of um her uh, this is one of my favorite recordings of her yeah i mean
0: it's great it's Mm -hmm. a it's a beautiful Beautiful and, disc.
1: And she's got a great backup in Ted Lewis, so...
0: Yeah.
1: I do love that, mm-hmm. and, uh... And, and it's funny, a friend of mine was actually telling me, he's he's a big Ruth Edding fan, that, um... Who uh, isn't, Michael? That, uh, she... Well, of, of course. <laughs> um, that, uh, apparently she was not very happy at this point in her life, and she actually didn't remember recording this. Oh. Yeah, she heard it. She had no memory of doing it.
0: Huh. Yeah. I... I mean, I guess it depends on how long after she was asked about it, you know. That that's also true. And she did record a, a good number of records. Oh, she certainly did. So I can I can understand that. Oh, right. Um. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard something else in that set too. Yes, to yes, that. that was the
1: um, that the flip side to "Great Day." That was without a song, also Paul Whiteman and also Bing Crosby on the vocal. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Dear Bingo. Yep. Ah, so uh, next, uh, we're going to be listening to a band that only recorded one, uh, like two sides of uh, one record um, under that exact name, Red ah. Nichols
0: Stompers. But Red Nichols did record a bunch of other things. Oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. But, but, not, but Red Nichols Stompers only has one record, apparently.
0: And this is it. And this is it. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with the A side, I guess, right? Yes you <laughs>
2: What does it mean? Ain't it sweet? Bees
3: would not be buzzing her if she wasn't sugar. My sugar, I declare that honey hasn't got a thing on her. No, sir, I might also mention, drink to your attention, she's so refined. In conclusion, therefore, that is why I care for sugar.
1: Well, that was Sugar by Red Nickel Stompers. And what an all-star lineup. With Adrian Rolini on the baritone saxophone, Pee Wee Russell on the clarinet, Chauncey Morehouse on drums, Bill Rank on trombone, Red Nickels on trumpet, and Frankie Trumbauer on C melody saxophone.
0: I know a couple of those names there. I've oh, heard it's... those before.
1: <laughs> that was a pretty good record. Yes. And uh, before that was um, Hey Young Fella by um, Eddie Lang and Joe Venuti's
0: uh, Blue Five. And that is a British Columbia disc. We heard that on, right? Exactly, yes. <laughs> Exotic. <laughs> and ironic, considering Joe Venuti was a Philadelphian. Am I, is, am I right he was Philadelphia? Yes, yes Joe Venuti and
1: Eddie Lang were both Philadelphians. Yes. Uh, they both lived in uh, what
0: we now call the neighborhood, what well, the neighborhood is
1: now called Bella Vista. Oh, really? Yes.
0: Damn, I really got to get... I really got to get on top of uh, the research with some of these local <laughs> recording stars because I'm sure that I'm walking past some of their houses all the time and have no, you know, recognition right. of it. Right. I know like Billy, like Billy Murray used to live in Philadelphia, obviously. Exactly. Um, Ada Jones, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of folks.
1: Yes. Crazy. And uh, what's interesting about that record was uh, it was recorded about a month before Eddie Lang's death. Mm. Yes, at the uh, urging of Bing Crosby to, uh, um, you know, because uh, apparently Eddie Lang had, you know, constant laryngitis, and Bing Crosby ordered, you know, recommended he should get uh, tonsillectomy. Well, Uh. uh, Eddie Lang never woke up from the operating table. Uh. That was uh, March 26th, uh, 1933, and Gon was one of the best guitarists in jazz history. Wow.
0: How old? What do you know? How old he was? He was only thirty. He was only thirty. Geez, yeah. same age as Big Spider back when he died. Golly, I should have had a tonsil me long before I was thirty, but <laughs> no. here I am, rotten tonsils still intact. Mine too. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd still like to not have them, but mm-hmm. the whole process is. Uh... Yeah. Anyhow, enough about my tonsils. Uh, let me remind our listeners now that we're at the bottom of the hour that you're listening to. The Talking Machine Hour here on WPPM LP in Philadelphia, stereo 106.5 on your radio dial, and this is the Talking Machine Hour with me, your host David Atlas, and my guest and dear friend Michael Bufalino.
2: I turned out the light, sat up all night waiting so long for
0: three makes three yes it does ah so what did we i know we started that set off with another uh side of joe venuti on a columbia disc playing xylophone yes 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 so that was um uh that uh, that was the famous
1: song pink elephants and Uh, uh, also recorded in 1933 okay and then we followed that with uh say yes today by the great ruth edding and uh, we finished that set off with uh, Nat Shilkret and the Victor
0: Orchestra, "Something to Tell," very from 1928. Nice. All very clean, and a very clean Ruth Edding Columbia disc yeah. there. Um, yeah, very little, very little hiss on that one. Absolutely.
1: Uh, so, sometimes I think the Columbia discs actually survive a little bit better than Victor, but uh, you know, there's yeah, some yeah, debate yeah. about that.
0: I. Yeah, I honestly, after <laughs> listening to many, many, and uh, most of mine are in terrible condition, I would say that uh, I can't really exercise a preference between one or the other. It's really just comes down to condition and probably the mm-hmm. the the uh, the tonal qualities of the actual recording and pressing of that of that song. Absolutely, uh, because even earlier we were playing, uh, we played a Johnny Hamp after mm-hmm. uh, Bellman, and it's like Bellman sounded like a full. Orchestra in here and then Johnny Hamp sounded pretty thin comparatively. Right, right. And those are both from the same same year probably. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, so now uh we have the flip side to that Ruthang uh Ruthetting record. Uh and we're gonna be listening to uh a song called Ramona.
0: Now Ramona is a popular track, right? Yes. Um and I wanna say it way predates this. This recording, because what da- When is this from? Colum- when is this Columbia pressing from?
1: Uh this is, I believe, yeah. Uh, this
0: is March twenty eighth, nineteen twenty eight. And uh, I guess I am wrong because it seems like most of the recordings are from nineteen twenty eight. Hmm. I'll be damned. Maybe there was another, <laughs> uh another song called Ramona. I it's, don't know. It's very possible.
1: It's very possible.
0: Yeah, I guess it is. It was a? It's a name, right?
1: Yes. And it sort of has this uh, vaguely Spanish theme. Mm -hmm. So when you listen to it, you can think of all those wonderful Spanish Revival houses that were built in the 1920s.
0: And uh, I've never met a Ramona in my life. I don't think I have either. Yeah. (laughs) Let's give a listen to this one.
1: Yep.
3: gallop alone trombone seem to relish it hot cue all embellish it rid of the tickle juice, from crazy saxophones, just hear that band now see all the people chase it gets their out now that as the people chase it makes you do steps unconventional new steps unintentional once you begin you're out to win stop
0: tight little ending there
1: yes that was
0: i gotta say i will take connie francis's cover of that song any day
1: well no one does it quite like connie francis that's true
0: that's true yes but that but, was
1: uh roger wolf Kahn in his orchestra
0: and they do a pretty nice rendition of it there it's i would say so it's pretty peppy you know I would say so. Because I have heard some uh, covers of that one that drag a little bit. Is mm-hmm. that, isn't it a waltz, really?
1: Um, and, uh, That's a good question. I believe it might be.
0: I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Something I'll have to look up during the next record. Oh, right. but wait a minute. The next record will be our last for the night. Yes, unfortunately. But uh, we still have a couple more tracks to back announce.
1: Ah, yes. So that was Among My Souvenirs by uh, Roger Wolf Kahn. And before that, uh, we heard Stop Go by uh, Nat Chilkert and the Victor Orchestra. I'd say that was kind of a borderline um, novelty record. I mean, it certainly was for the sound effects that they used. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, let's see, yes, Ramona by uh, Ruth Edding.
0: Very nice. I did like that novelty there with Matt mm-hmm. cred. The sound effects were nice and electrically recorded. Oh, absolutely.
1: Bright. And there was a certain echo to that. I'm I'm sure that was done in a concert hall rather than a recording studio.
0: Um one more Connie Francis reference before we wrap it up. Mm-hmm. I uh speaking of inflation, I uh swung by a goodwill the other day looking for some Halloween costume pieces, and I couldn't help but Just flipped through a couple of the LPs there. Uh, And I actually found a Connie Francis record that I've been looking for Mm -hmm. in nice condition. Um, But the price of all the LPs now at Goodwill is $2.50. Really? Yeah. And to add insult to injury, they put a big fat barcode sticker right on the front of the album. And I'm not talking about like a a little tiny square barcode. We're talking about like a big labely kind of On the front, on the the front of the album,
1: and like not even like wrapping up in plastic, but just like on on. the
0: original. At least put it on the back. Oh, that is a you know that is a sacrilege. That's what did it for me. I was like, you know what? I would pay two fifty for this, but then I'm gonna rip the cover. Yeah, and and now you have to look at this ugly barcode. Uh, No, 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 no. Yeah, and be reminded that I spent too much on this album. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, I know. Because it's still good, you know. You can still find those good cheesy, you know, easy listening records at mm-hmm. Goodwill's because people don't really want that stuff.
1: Absolutely, and I, and you know, there is something about that type of record that I find really charming. Yeah,
0: I mean, there are lots of good covers of the, of this era of music, you know. Oh, sure,
1: because I mean, you the people that were listening to this in the 20s, they were still alive mm-hmm. and they wanted to hear the easy listening version when they were in their 70s and
0: 80s. Yeah, or their <laughs> 30s, 40s, 50s mm-hmm. when these records are being produced, they were the target market. Absolutely. Ones with the the buying power. Mhm. But yeah. Wow. So another show has ripped past us. Yes. Roaring along at 78 revolutions. Mhm. Um for all you folks who tuned in late in the evening, you've been listening to the Talking Machine Hour here on LP in Philadelphia. Uh, you can find previous recordings of this program along with set lists of tonight's show at my website, stereoatlas.com. You can find the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can find me on the Facebook and Instagram at DJ David Atlas. Uh, my special guest, Michael Buffalino, thank you again for coming downtown tonight with these heavy shellac records well,
1: it was my pleasure
0: and giving them a good old spin on the victrola here for our listeners out there in radio land and thank you to all you folks out there listening for tuning in um michael i'll let you introduce this last record Yeah, so what we're going to be listening to is What'll
1: You Do by Johnny Hamp's Kentucky Serenaders, recorded November 9th, 1927, and it's a very uh, snappy 1920s tune.
0: Ah, not like the B-side, What'll I Do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, have a good night.
2: Then what'll you do? When you wait around for someone to phone you and nobody calls you, what'll you do? What is that I hear you say? You're going, you won't stay. You're going, let me say, be on your way. And don't come back because your place will be taken. And when you're forsaken, what'll you do?